Today's the day we finally learn when Utah and BYU will be facing off in 2024. But will it be the last game of the regular season? Will it be in the middle of the regular season? All that to be determined on today's Locked On Utes and Locked On Cougars crossover. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes and Locked On Cougars your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you may get your podcast. If this is your first time listening to either of our shows, make sure you like and subscribe. We love interacting with all of you, whether you're Utes or Cougars fans, in both of our comment sections, as well as on social media, where you can follow our shows on X. Today's episode of Locked On Utes and Locked On Cougars is brought to you by FanDuel. You can make every moment more. New customers can join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if you're first bet of five dollars or more wins visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started my name is jt wister still former intern inside the university of utah athletic department excited to be joined by jake hash of locked on cougars on this locked on crossover event and today's the day jake where we finally get the big 12 schedule and i feel like the biggest question on utah and byu's fans mind is when are we going to see this rivalry renewed and when is especially like if it's a date in the middle of the year then we know okay it's kind of going to bounce around but if it is in november I last like week of the regular season that is here to stay for years to come. So I'm really excited to see when we will finally get this renewed rivalry going in 2024. And that's the thing about this, JT, is by the time some of our listeners may watch and or listen to this, that schedule will be out. But the bigger point to be made here is we've been waiting to find out when we found out that Utah is finally coming into the Big 12. Speaking from the BYU perspective, it was all about, okay, when are the Houston Cougars getting together? Now, they had that game scheduled, I believe it was for the second week of the season, maybe the third week of the season originally. Uh, and there were some folks out there said, keep the game in that slot. I was like, Absolutely not. Move the game. If you're gonna if you're gonna play this game, it's gotta be in November. And it's gotta be in this case this year, it's November 30th. That's the final week of the regular season. That's gonna be tr- the traditional rivalry week. That's when you're gonna see Michigan and Ohio State. You're gonna see Alabama and Auburn playing. Well, guess what? BYU and Utah, it's one of the more underrated but absolutely yeah. incredible rivalries, and it absolutely deserves to be back on the final week of the regular season. And I don't care what the Big 12 has to say about it, because it has to be on the 30th. To your point, I feel like, and this is no shade towards any other Big 12 teams and their rivalries, I feel like right now it might be the best rivalry in the conference, Jake. Uh, yeah, there's some, there's some argument that like Farmageddon could be in the mix there. Yeah. The, the, the territorial cut between Arizona and Arizona State as they come into the conference mm-hmm. is probably in the mix there. You have the, Sunflower State, the battle for the Sunflower State with the Kansas schools. Those are all relatively good. You also have uh, uh, Baylor and TCU. Uh, they used to call it the rivalry and that was an incredible name. Apparently they've renamed that, but yes, all these rivalries have some, some renown to them, but you're right. None of them register on the same level that BYU and Utah register on. Uh, You worked here in Utah for quite a while, JT. It's how we know each other. And I work in sports radio every single day in this market. And I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not afraid to say it. The rivalry, it exists in all things, 365 days a year, and it drives a ton, a ton of our conversation in sports radio here in Salt Lake City, and for good reason. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you make a really good point about this being the biggest rivalry in the Big 12. Of course, what used to be the biggest rivalry in the Big 12 was Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah. And one thing that was unique about that rivalry was it was played in kind of the middle of the season versus most rivalries are played on rivalry weekend. I've kind of gone back and forth on when I want it. I do think there is some value in playing it in kind of the middle months of the season because, you know, you get a little bit more of that spotlight on you. But at the same time, I've gone, I'm now kind of on the idea of having it late November too, because I do think there's a lot of value, Jake, to your point of having, you know, the first game of the day is going to be Ohio State taking on Michigan. Then there might be some other midday game. Then the nightcap will probably be Alabama taking on Auburn because of ESPN's deal with the SEC. But even if it's when that game's on, if it's middle of the day, or of course, still that like Pac-12 after dark spot that's still kind of open, I feel like there's a really good opportunity for Utah-BYU to step in and be the rivalry at one of those time slots on rivalry weekend. I, I sincerely hope it's not an 8-15 kick because that is, that is, that's, a, that's a time slot. 8-15 mountain time is what I'm mentioning is that you're, you're right, that, that Pac-12 after dark slot, it's, it's going to exist with the Big 12. It's just what it is. And the schools out here in the West, Utah, BYU, Arizona, Arizona State, they're going to fill that uh, role a lot. But a game of this magnitude, if it is going to be the final weekend of the season, JT, especially with how uh, variable the weather can be in the final day of November, uh, this has got to be a little bit earlier on. If it's a 5 o'clock kick, great. Great. If it'd be even better if it was mid-afternoon, because that's what it was for years when I was growing up. It'd be a mid-afternoon kick. It'd probably be around 30 to 40 degrees at kickoff. It would drop into the 20s by the end of the game. But it was always, always an incredible atmosphere. And I I just I don't want to see them bury it on a late night TV slot where yeah. you're gonna lose viewers just simply due to the fact that you live out on the East Coast now. And uh when it's 10 15 and 10 30 at night, guess what? You may watch the first quarter of that game and then you're off to bed. That that is the problem with this game potentially getting stuck in a late night slot. And to your point a little bit earlier on about uh, the Oklahoma and Texas, the Red River rivalry, that rivalry was built around the Texas State Fair. They have the Cotton Bowl on the fairgrounds sure. there in mm-hmm. Dallas. And uh, is it in Dallas or Arlington, whatever it's at there in the DFW? And that it was built around that. The unfortunate part is that the Utah State Fair, it happens in September. And it's like this, it's kind of the start of the college football season. Yeah. The, the fervor's not there quite yet. And there's also not in a stadium that's literally on the fairgrounds. So that's a little bit of the different thing. I, I I do wonder, and you and I, we've been uh, tracking a lot of what Brett Yormark has done with the Big 12, obviously since Utah announced they were going into the conference. I've been tracking this for three years now on this podcast with what uh, Yormark's been doing with the Big 12. Is that I do wonder in some small part, does he think that he's going to kind of quote unquote reinvent the wheel and he's going to create a rivalry week out of seemingly nowhere for the Big 12 and stick it on a random weekend? Maybe it's the second to last weekend of the season where he's trying to like jump in front of all these other rivalries and put BYU in Utah on the 23rd of November and uh, put their territorial cup there, et cetera, and then finish off the season uh, with more of a, I guess, a, a mix, a different opponent as you finish up the regular season. There's some thought that that may happen, but I don't, don't outthink the room here, Brett. If, if I was able to talk to him, I'd say you just stick it on rivalry weekend and reward BYU and Utah with, like you mentioned, one of the best rivalries, maybe the best rivalry in the conference right now, and give it a mid-afternoon slot and let it be seen across the country in prime time. Those are that's a great point on honestly both fronts even because I didn't even think about like I can see the logic behind I agree it should be rivalry weekend but I can see the logic behind 
getting out of the way of the game of of the Iron Bowl and making like the Saturday before the Big 12 day, basically like that. Now, then you could diminish the little bit. Like maybe if it's Utah, Colorado that final week, this year it has some fun because of the Deion Sanders factor, but a lot of the other games wouldn't have the same impact and meaning. So it is something that's going to be interesting to watch and monitor and see. And, you know, with the schedule just dropping today in general, Jake, whether people are listening to this before it come out or after, what is the biggest thing you are looking for outside of the rivalry implications? I'm interested to see how the the BYU home schedule lines up. They've got a very oh. very stout home schedule. They're got we're talking Kansas State, Kansas. Uh, who else? Arizona's coming in, and uh, even without Jed Fish there, they still have Noah Fafita and Tatarola yes. Millen sticking around. That's going to be a very very good Arizona team. So the, the home slate for BYU, and I'm just kind of uh, scratching the the tip of the iceberg oh. there with regards to the games. But the, I want to see how these games lay out. Are they going to uh, stratify them for BYU where they're going to be able to avoid having a quote-unquote murderer's row? Or is it going to be another October from hell, as I've called it the last two years for BYU, where they can easily, and they've done it the last two years, go 0 for 4 in the month of October? That, that, that's the interesting part is how BYU will get their home schedules uh, slotted in terms of are they going to have back-to-back home games against stout opponents, or will it be mixed up a little bit where it's a road-away uh, setup where you can stratify a little bit and maybe get a little bit of a breather. You've got games like a Houston game, which would be a fantastic game in their first year under Willie Fritz to have maybe ahead of a game against the likes of Arizona or a Kansas State. I'm just afraid that the Big 12 is going to stick them all back to back to back, and BYU is going to be looking at a three or four game stretch where it's going to kill them. You got a thought on your end? Yeah, you mentioned that brutal stretch. I look back at what happened to Utah this year. They had USC. Oregon and Arizona State, but then you go Washington. That four-week stretch was brutal for them. So yeah. I want to see, like, is it going to be some combination? The biggest ones on, on Utah's schedule I'm looking at is where does the Oklahoma State fall game fall? Where does the Arizona game fall as well? And then is, like, some game all the way where you fly out to UCF? Like, does that become a trap game because it's sandwiched between those games as well? So that's where I'm very interested to see how the schedule ends up lining up for Utah as well. The other thing about this, and I'll mention this as well, and it's going to be going to count for Utah as well. This is one of the rare years in college football where you have a double bye. You have two bye weeks with the season the way it lays out here in college football. So that's the other thing to pay attention to for both you and Cougar fans. Where do the buys fall? Are they going to be? Are they going to be kind of? Um, where they have multiple weeks uh, between those buys, or is it going to be like you play uh, play games, go to buy, come back, play maybe a game or two, and then go right back into a buy? You want to see them a little bit more spread out. It'd be great to essentially have it where you play four games, have a buy, play four games, have a buy. If you could do it that way, I did a podcast not too long ago on Locked On Cougars where I laid out what I believe the ideal schedule would be for BYU, and the way I had it is BYU plays their first four games of the year, has a buy, plays the next four, has a buy, and then finishes up with their final four games. That's a pie in the sky ish with thinking that's going to actually play out but uh those those two buys are going to be very critical uh, with how they lay out for both the utes and cougars yeah they're massive for teams trying to get healthy i think back to utah making their run to the pac-12 championship in 2021 because of that bye week it's placement and it was after the usc game so cam rising yes he still missed the washington state game but it gave him that two-week buffer to get healthy so then even though he wasn't like top version of himself he was still able to play against arizona and stanford in those games for utah still because of when the bye felt so very big 
And it's going to be really interesting to see when both of those buys, to your point, fall, and just to unveil and watch what happens in the rest of the schedule. And something else that's been really interesting just to watch it play out is the in-state recruiting battle between Utah and BYU. Now that, of course, that they are going to be playing each other year after year. Now that the dust is pretty much settled for all of the top recruits, we want to talk about whether it's Utah or BYU, we feel won the 2024 recruiting battle. We want to discuss that in one moment, but first want to talk to all of you about our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. And FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three even, because not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which player will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers can join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. You can make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And Jake, speaking of making every moment more, I know you are fired up about this Super Bowl, especially because it features your 49ers. Hey, it's been 30 years since the Niners have been on top of the NFL. It's about time they break the drought here. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I, I was absolutely floored at how bad they played in the first half of that NFC Championship game and absolutely thrilled at how they came back in the second half. So I have no idea what to expect when it goes up uh, Patrick Mahomes against Brock Purdy here in the Super Bowl, but it's a rematch of 2020, and hopefully uh, my guys, speaking of my 49ers, will come out on top this time. Yeah, we'll see it's that. Or if it's the best Big 12 quarterback in recent memory, Patrick Mahomes, who once again finds a way to win. And hey, hooking up with other Big 12 pass catcher from Cincinnati, Travis Kelsey. I totally forgot about Kelsey until I said that out loud. So Big 12 are well represented with Brock Purdy too. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. That's that's the fun part about it. It was the kind of the Big 12 versus the ACC with the quarterbacks in the championship games uh, for the conferences. Well, the Big 12 came out on top. So Big 12 representing, no doubt. For sure. So make sure you guys head over to FanDuel today and check out all of their great offers for Super Bowl 58. Also want to talk to you about another great sponsor of Locked On Utes and Locked On Cougars. It's our friends at UCCU. Learner, the UCCU mobile banking app that pays your entire family to learn about money. Kids look to parents to become more financially literate. Parents don't always know the answers. Learn and Earn breaks down financial topics into fun, bite-sized educational games like quizzes and trivia. Every time a family member completes a topic, they earn points that can occur and can be redeemed for gift cards to stores like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and more. There is age-appropriate content for every member of the family. We can compete against each other and track their progress on leaderboards. Learner is inside the UCCU mobile banking app, so play it anytime, anywhere. The more you play, the more you learn. And the more you learn, the more you earn. Learner, part of UCCU's award-winning B-Money Smart Youth Banking Program, helping kids, teens, and parents have fun while becoming more financially literate together. UCCU, love where you bank. Jake, coming back into this one, looking at the recruiting battle that's taking place in state, Utah and BYU are going to see each other year after year. And one thing that is essential when you're trying to be a conference champion is recruiting your own state at a high level. It's something both BYU and Utah have tried to do. And now that the dust is settled, I want to ask you first, do you think Utah or BYU came away with the better 2024 recruiting cycle? You want to talk quantity or quality here, JT? That's the big question because here, you know here, which one I'm going to talk. 
I know exactly what you're talking. Yes, in terms of quantity, Utah Utah won the state this year. They just took they took mm-hmm. the most bodies and the the most top ten rated recruits. But BYU has something that Utah cannot claim right now. In the final 2024 rankings, according to 24/7 Sports, BYU got the top rated athlete out of the state of Utah in Falatasakuala. Now uh, let me let me kind of riff on this just for a second here. Is that this is a big win for BYU simply due to the fact that Falatasakuala and trust me, I talked to some people who are very close to him uh, up until. Until the, the last, I'd say, three or four months, he was all but certain Utah was going to be his de- destination. He was a Utah guy through and through. And Jay Hill, folks, Jay Hill has revolutionized and changed the game for BYU. And I know that's going to grind Utah fans' gears to hear it, but I, I cannot reiterate how important of a hire that was for BYU. BYU's previous defensive staff with Ed Lamb and Elisa Tuiaki, it was like the path of least resistance when it came to recruiting for them. It, literally, if another program were to offer a kid that they were recruiting, BYU essentially just gave up and said, yeah, we're done recruiting that kid. They, they, they just did not want to compete. It's a massive problem. And it absolutely crippled their defense. Their defense of woes the last two or three years can be pointed directly to the fact that they have not recruited high-level enough talent on the defense. Jay Hill has come in and completely turned things around for BYU, especially in the recruiting game on defense. He has stalked his uh, defensive line as best he could in uh, one-and-a-half recruiting classes roughly in the last uh, year that he's been in the program. And then he goes out and grabs a guy like Falatau Satuala, who, like I said, it, it seemed like Utah was the place for him, and he sells him hard, convinces him that BYU is where he needs to be. That's a massive, massive get for BYU, and it's something that they can uh, put a quote-unquote gold star up on the board about because that's going to pay dividends for BYU down the road because if, if Falatau Satuala becomes what BYU believes he can be, well, there's going to be a lot of other young men that watch him growing up in this state that are going to say, okay, if he can do that at BYU, maybe I can as well. Absolutely. I, I think it's a massive win to your exactly what you said. This is the guy who is now listed as the top guy in the state, and he's now at BYU when, to your point, I think the Crystal Balls did have him to Utah for a very long time. It felt like that Utah was going to end up with him, and BYU is able to go in and get. So huge credit to Jay Hill and what he's doing for BYU. And I think you make a great point, not just in getting the top overall, but there's some really good quality. Before you and I even jumped on the air, I don't know how Dallin Johnson, the defensive tackle out of Springville, I think I don't know if he's going to play offensive defense. I don't care. That dude's a monster. He is one of the 15 best players in the state. Like, we can argue top 10, although I'm not nitpicky, but, like, he is a boss. That's a great get. I don't know why he's down in the 30s. There's other players in this recruiting class that I really like, too. But I do like to focus on the quality, and that is where I am going to give the edge to Utah in this one. Not only do they have five of the top 10 players in the 24-7 rankings when you are talking about Isaiah Garcia, Isaac Wilson, Davis Andrews, Cash Dillon, and also Elijah Ellis is kind of the late ad who in the new shakeup did end up in the top 10. But to me, I also look at it from this standpoint. I think the three most important positions in football in general are quarterback, offensive line, and then your pass rusher. Utah got the top three of those guys in state to come to their program. And it's I Garcia and Wilson, especially, I just feel like the future of those two guys in particular is incredibly bright. So I just, for that quality they got at the top, I got to give Utah the edge. And I do think they had a couple gems in here too, where I look at a guy that I think we both got a chance to see uh, coming out of Olympus and Luke Bryant, that I think can still be a quality guy for them too. So it's going to be interesting to look back on this class and see, but as I mentioned, I got to give the slight edge to Utah for me because of that top 
quality they got over maybe the quantity of what BYU achieved. And I see, I, 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 and I think that's inarguable. And I, for Thank a BYU you. fan, I don't think you can argue that because you look at just the top 10 rankings and I 24-7 sports, let's be honest, recruiting rankings are not an exact science, but no. they're getting better every single year. They're getting more refined. Mm-hmm. Guys like Brandon Huffman, Greg Biggins, the guys at 24-7 sports, yeah. I know those guys and they do humans effort and work to make sure that their rankings are as close to what uh, they can project as they, as they, as they espouse to be. So that's, that's the thing about this is yes, it's inarguable that Utah won the quantity battle because you look at the top 10 rankings and they got half of them. So prop Utah, the biggest thing for BYU is, is uh, going back to the volatile Satuala thing is BYU has got to put together a track record of having these guys commit to BYU, go to BYU and stand out on the field. That's one thing that Utah has been absolutely incredible about the last decade plus under Kyle Whittingham is their hometown guys. They are stars for Utah. And guess what? Every kid in the state sees it and thinks maybe that could be me. So BYU's got to start to see some more of that. And I think with Jay Hill running BYU's defense, given the adequate time, et cetera, he will start to prove that. And that could uh, turn the tide a little bit in favor of BYU. But as we all know, winning is everything. Recruiting and just how jobs are uh, held on to in college football. You got to win football games. That's why this rivalry game we just talked about, it's going to be absolutely critical for, uh, I'm speaking from the BYU perspective, for the Cougars to win more often than they have over the past two decades. Mm -hmm. It, BYU got a big win their last time they played yeah. the, these two teams play. It was a huge win for them. It snapped a long, long streak, avoided a double-digit uh, uh, loss streak to mm-hmm. Utah. But guess what? You've got to start winning more often. It, that's the biggest thing about this. If Utah goes back on another streak and starts dominating this rivalry again, well, guess who's going to hold the recruiting edge for the foreseeable future? The University of Utah. It's as simple as that. Yeah, people want to play for a winner, and they also would like to go to a place that can place them in the NFL. That's something that Utah has done very well of. And, you know, to your point, too, BYU is obviously, I mean, what was it last year, Jake, that you correctly predicted and, like, the greatest prediction I've ever seen, like, the offensive tackle for BYU was a Blake Freeland set the combine, like, the record. Like, so the BYU does that part of it, too. That still exists there, but you, you got to win that head-to-head matchup. You're right. It's such a big thing, too, especially for high school guys. Like, you you – you want to play for the winner in the school that emerges on top. So it is going to be really fun to see who ends up making it out of this rivalry game year in and year out and the ripple effect that will have then on the in-state recruiting battle. Something I'm very excited to watch and uh, and see play out for this as well. Yes, Jake. Let me, let me make one quick point as well on yeah. that on that side of things is that this is going to be very interesting to see how BYU, by the way, also uses their Power 5 affiliation. The, the, the biggest recruiting chip that Utah held for years over yes. BYU was the fact that they could walk into any kid's living room and say, yeah, BYU's awesome in your mind, but guess what? We play Power 5 football. Now it's going to transfer. It's going to be the Power 4. BYU now has that in their back pocket. I am interested to see how that continues to both help and also maybe in some cases hinder BYU because, yes, now you are on a level playing field. That That's the biggest thing. And uh, PK talks about this on my radio show on DJ and PK on the KSL Sports Zone all the time. When B, when Bronco Mendenhall and Kyle Whittingham were in the Mountain West together, they were on a level playing field because they were in the same conference. Yeah. They were recruiting the same level of athlete. And guess what? They went back and forth. Utah jumped into the Pac-12, and any of you watching this YouTube can see my hand. Utah went like this. They jumped immediately simply due to the fact they had that Power 5 affiliation. They have recruited extremely well with that in their back pocket. I am interested to see how BYU can even the playing field a little bit more and see if it ultimately gets back to what it was, obviously, early on uh, back in the mid-2000s between these two teams, where every year it kind of went back and forth. Yes. 
It, it really changed when you talk about a Power 5 affiliation, and now that BYU is a member of the Big 12, I do think that can balance the tables a little bit and hopefully help BYU. It definitely can. To your point, Utah has had that head start because it did take Utah to even get to the point where, well, yes, while they were still winning the games against BYU, took them a while to get to that conference championship winning level. That's where they're at right now. It's the reason you see them atop of all the way too early. Big, not even Big 12, just college football. Like They're the highest ranked Big 12 team because of the returning talent and the pedigree of what they've achieved. BYU, once like a long time ago, that did not seem possible for Utah when we looked at it. BYU will have an opportunity to get that, and it starts with recruiting, so it's going to be fun to watch it play out. And it starts this season with the upcoming schedule. We have to wait to see the games that are going to be on the football schedule. What we don't have to wait for is to continue to watch the college basketball season play out. We want to talk about Utah versus BYU basketball. Yes, the two teams played, and Utah emerged victorious, but it is an interesting discussion of who is the best college basketball team in Utah right now, excluding Utah State, who is also very high up and is currently ranked as the highest team in the state. Want to discuss all of that with you in one moment, but first, want to talk to you about our friends at Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of life, but can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics, like amoxicillin, right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. And that is scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than one of my loved ones getting sick with a supply chain issue, keeping them from a life-saving medication they need. Thankfully, we'll all be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sickness, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. So you can visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a bird a board certified physician and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It has never been more important to prepare for today. So you can go to Jace Medical and use code locked on to get $20 off your order. That's locked on one word, capital L and O to get $20 off your order. All right, Jay, coming back in this one. Look, I'm the locked on Utes guy. I could come on here right now and be like, Utah beat BYU head to head. Therefore, Utah is the better team in college basketball. But the truth is, there's a lot more games and sample size than just a head to head. Particularly, the Huntsman was rocking that night. The home court advantage was good as well. And teams play differently at different points in the season, too. And Utah is struggling right now. They got steamrolled twice on the road to Washington and Washington State. While BYU is currently ranked for a reason. They just beat up on Texas, a team that was in the Final Four last year, and also have some other good wins, too. Yeah, there's a stumble or two in there, but BYU is the better team to me. I compare this to when a couple years ago in football, you mentioned BYU beating Utah in football. At that time when BYU in, in 2021 beat Utah, they were the better team. But when Utah made the switch to Cam Rising, by the time we got later on in the season, Utah was clearly the better team at that point. And it is hard to win on the road in college football. Had that game been at a neutral site, once you get Cam Rising in there, I feel like that's one Utah would have run. Same thing with this. To me, if that game, if like we were to play that at Vivint right now, I would give BYU the edge over Utah. I do feel like BYU is the best college basketball team in the state of Utah. And they, I still, I do think they'd beat Utah State. But shout out Danny Sprinkle for what Utah State is doing right now, because that has been tremendous and fun to watch. Yeah, the thing about this is BYU's playing good ball right now, and they've had their struggles. Trust me, they played Houston. They've played Texas yeah. Tech. They have played the some of the best teams that the Big 12 has got to offer. And by the way, the Big 12 is absolutely loaded, and running Utes fans, get ready. Don't remind me. It is going to be it, – it's an incredible basketball league. So that's the biggest thing is BYU is playing good ball right now, and yes, that was a big win for them to get that win over Texas, get themselves back into the win column, not let things spiral a little bit because uh, had they lost to Texas, who knows when their next win potentially comes. I know they have to go head to West Virginia this week, and West Virginia is near the bottom of the standings in the Big 12, but 
the thing about this league is anybody, I mean, literally anybody yeah. on any given night can beat you. We've seen uh, Kansas, they have their most losses in Big 12 play in the Bill Self era already this season, uh, to this point in the season. So it's an incredible thing that the Big 12 is offering. But I'm going to have to probably right now tip my cap to what uh, Danny Sprinkle in Utah State is doing. The thing about this with Utah State, and I don't know how many of you Utah and BYU fans are paying attention to this, Utah State had zero points, zero rebounds, essentially zero production, period, coming back on the roster uh, that Danny Sprinkle inherited. He had Isaac Johnson, who redshirted. He also had uh, Mason Falslev, a former Utah football commit, uh, redshirting uh, for, for the Aggies that were returning, essentially. But they didn't play at all last year, because when you redshirt in basketball, you don't play play at all. So he has put together an incredible roster, great Osabor, which is an incredible name by the way for a basketball player he is a six foot eight 250 pound behemoth and he's absolutely dynamite if you have not watched utah state play they are a team that you just can't count out they're 18 and two on the season the only two places they have gone and lost is peoria illinois like the first two or three weeks of the season they lost till it was illinois state or no bradley they lost to bradley out there in illinois and then they lost in the pit to new mexico who by the way is nationally ranked right there right now themselves so they are they are an incredible team up there in Logan, and I have to kind of give the ever so slight edge to Utah State right now. If you were to put the two teams on a court together right now, I think it'd be an incredible battle between them and the Cougars. But I think it goes one, two, three: Utah State, BYU, and Utah right now. And I don't think there's much argument about that. I absolutely agree. And you know, Jake, there's something about those coaches and players that come from the Big Sky. <laughs> well, that. That's a good point because Danny Sprinkle had an incredible run in the big sky, obviously. And it was a big, uh, it was a big coup. Uh, yeah, for, yeah, too. You're right. It was a big coup for for Utah State to get him out of Montana and bring him down. Uh, to Montana State, yeah. Montana State, excuse me. Yeah, my, I apologize. I just screwed that up. Grizzly fans. Uh, I would get, I would, I would get in trouble if I didn't correct and, you. So I, I, I you, you have a dad that's very invested in this. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, the thing about it is to get him out of Montana State where he was a legend and a guy who was an alumni. He's so, he's so connected there at Montana State. To get him to Utah State was a big home run, it feels like. And uh, Utah State could benefit in a big way from having him as their head coach. But the nice part is if Utah – let me just reiterate this to Utah fans. If Utah can figure out how to win on the road, we could see all three of these teams make the NCAA tournament. They are that good of teams, all three of them. I'm including Utah in that argument. BYU and Utah State right now, they're essentially playing out the string here, probably looking at where they're going to be seated in the NCAA tournament. It's all but locked up, it feels like, at this point. Let's really, really completely fall flat on their face in the final month and change of the season here. But Utah, it's not out of the question that you can still rally and make it to the tournament. The only thing you got to do is you got to learn how to win on the road. And the games like you had against Washington, Washington State, where there are points in those games where Utah just looks like they're completely out of it and they don't look interested in staying engaged. That has got to go away very quickly if they want to return this thing around. Absolutely does because time is running out. We're already basically in February to your point. It's crazy how quickly the season can come and go. And it's going to be interesting to see if Utah can get in that race. But either way, BYU and Utah State definitely are. But it'll be fun to watch that. Fun to see everything that goes on with the schedule. Jake, it's always fun doing these crossovers with you. Hey, as always, JT, hit me up anytime. I love talking with you. You're one of my, you're one of my guys. As well. Absolutely, Jake. Appreciate it. And that is going to do it for this edition of Locked On Utes and Locked On Cougars. Keep it at both our shows the rest of the week. We will be talking all things Big 12 schedule as it relates to both programs and more college basketball and all other things Utah and BYU athletics to come on Locked On Utes and Locked On Cougars. We look forward to seeing you then.